Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. We're back again for the Between the Ropes podcast. Brian Fritz, Connor Casey here for a... Another week of wrestling excitement. I think that's what we're calling this wrestling excitement now as uh, we try to prepare for wrestling overload. I already thought that we had kind of hit our capacity and then both AEW came out and now is doing a two-hour show and WWE is countered by saying, hey, we can't even put out more programming and I think we're all going to go insane come the fall when we're trying to keep up with all this uh, wrestling programming that's out there. Welcome to the Wednesday Night Wars. The Wednesday Night Wars. It doesn't roll off the tongue like the Monday Night Wars, but uh, that's basically what we're getting in the fall. I was going to go with, see, before we knew that WWE was directly opposing them, I was calling it the Wrestling Cold War, WCW. (laughs) I like that. But then they decided to go and make NXT directly oppose them. So now you have to call it a war. Right. So WWE made the announcement uh, on Tuesday morning, which is funny because we were all expecting the announcement to come out on Monday night. And in fact, over the weekend or maybe even last Friday is when you started hearing word like, hey, they're going to make a deal uh, and they're going to announce it here pretty soon. And originally we had all thought it was going to be with Fox and the show is going to be on FS1. And then word came down late last week or over the weekend, like, wait a second. It's looking like USA Network now. And I was kind of like, whoa, where did that come from? And then the the word was on Monday, hey, they're going to make the announcement during Raw tonight. And then we were watching Raw and there is no announcement. And, and I, I don't blame them for that because this was one of those weeks where a lot of stuff was going on with Raw. Yes. To the point where when Roman Reigns came out at the beginning, I was just like, Guys, we've got other stuff to do right now. Can we can we speed this along? <laughs> well, the funny thing was too is that they've done this before. Like we are expecting an announcement, and it seems like every time uh, that they have something that they want to put out, uh, they do it at nine a.m. Eastern. And I was I was at the gym in my complex, and I literally looked down at one point and I go, "Well, I was thinking about wrapping up right now," and I go. It's like 8.50. I was like, I wonder if WWE is going to make that announcement. So I decided to like wrap up and I'm walking back to my apartment and I looked at my phone and there it was. There was the statement. Uh, there was a press release and I was just like, okay, 
I guess I got to put this out. And and I had already written a story. I just like needed to put a quote in there or do whatever for Sporting News. But I mean, hey, they made the announcement. We were all expecting it. Uh, I don't think there was anything really new that was in it. We weren't expecting. The show's going to debut Wednesday, September 18th. It's on 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be on USA Network. It's still going to be taking place at Full Sail in Winter Park, Florida. It's not Orlando. I don't care what they put in the press release. And uh, <laughs> that's me nitpicking about it. And uh, it's going to be Winter live. Park, Winter Garden. No one cares about Orlando. Summer, oh, Brian. how dare you, man? You know who does care? As someone who had to survive one of those summers, yeah, I dare. Oh, well, you know who does care? People that live in Winter Garden and people that live in Winter Park. <laughs> There's also Winter Springs right there, too, if you really want to get technical. Yeah, I, I hate how they name everything after winter when it's scalding hot. When there are no winters in Central Florida. None. There's it's nothing. Like just, because, just because you named the suburbs after things that are cold doesn't mean you get to be. Yeah. But, Brian, when it comes to this news, a couple of things really stuck out to me. For one, it's live. We weren't sure if this was going to be a live broadcast or if it was just going to be they were going to continue their pre-taped schedule with just more content each week so that was solved and the other thing was and this kind of gives me a bit of hope for the nxt product going forward and then it's back at full sale live and it's not touring like every other show is now that gives me optimism that because they're still down in florida they can be kind of insulated from everything else they don't have to kevin dunn's not going to be there every week telling them to shake the cameras violently whenever someone gets outside of the ring vince mcmahon i'm gonna bet you isn't gonna want to be flying down to winter park florida once a week every week especially when the xfl is happening it doesn't mean that that's not gonna happen right and it doesn't mean that vince is not going to have an influence on the show or or overlook it i think he will but not as much as people were ex- were anticipating when as soon as they heard usa network they go oh god the sky is falling our best wrestling show in wwe is dead because now vince is going to put his fingerprints all over it i don't think that's the case and we've had some reports come out since then saying that relatively the product's going to stay about the same as it is in terms of creative direction I hope that's true, and I hope that stays the case. And Vince doesn't look at it a month in and go, damn it, I need to take over this book. Give it to me, Hunter. None of that. Isn't it amazing, though, that that is like the first reaction from a lot of, what do you want to call online fans, hardcore fans, whatever you want, passionate fans. Wrestling fans with a Twitter account. Right. The first reaction is, oh, no, Vince McMahon is going to ruin this. And... I kind of look at it as I understand some people's apprehension and I totally get it. And I know that there's a track record when it comes to raw and SmackDown. Oh, I'll give you more recent. I'll give you more recent track record. Two of five live compare the cruiserweight classic to that first year of the cruiserweights on raw and then their own show. And tell me that there wasn't a downgrade in quality. Oh, absolutely. There was, but I, I looked at this going, I know that now things have to be a little bit different because yeah. the stakes have been raised to another level when it comes to this. I mean, this was something where before you were on the WWE Network, it was one hour. It was like this nice condensed show every week. And like 
the top stars of NXT didn't have to be on the show every week because it's only an hour long. You can let things breathe a little bit more. Now you're going to be uh, on a cable channel. You're going to really up your viewers and it's going to be two hours, which means that all your top guys are going to have to be on the show each and every week. But I would look at it too, like while this show has become a lot more important now and this brand has become a lot more important, it behooves WWE to not make wholesale changes to this because you want this brand to continue to be something that is different from Raw and SmackDown. You want it to have its own identity. And yeah, there's going to be some tweaks no matter what. But I think I think that's what we're all looking for is like, I get it if you want to make some tweaks, but we don't need huge changes. We don't want you to, if you want to use this term, sports entertainment it up. You know, just keep the NXT product kind of, the same as what it's been, you know, and, you know, ratchet it up or do whatever you need to do um, because it's going to be on TV now, but it, it doesn't need to be totally different. Exactly. But it, I don't want it to lose too much of what may, has made it so great over these past few years down it down on the network, honestly. I, and I think... There, there is a, a, a pocket of loyal fans that have come to love this show week after week. And how many, how many takeover weekends have we gone? Well, takeover outshine the main roster pay per view again. Oh, that's happened. It seems like every time there's been a takeover show, or more, more um, times than it hasn't. Absolutely, you know, and, and there's something to that. I mean, it's. So many guys in NXT, and I'm not saying guys in the main roster don't do this as well. It's a little bit different there, especially, you know, whether you're talking about TV or even when you're talking about pay-per-views, events, whatever you want to call them, from the standpoint that, you know, there's so many matches on one of those shows. Guys aren't getting the amount of time. Things are condensed. It's just done a little bit differently there. Then with NXT, you give them more time. You're giving them more leeway. And those guys know, I've got the tools at my disposal that I want here to where I've been told, go out there and have a match that's balls to the wall. And that's exactly what they're doing. They take so much pride in this going, hey, guys, let's do what we do and let's make everybody talk about NXT once this weekend is over. And, you know, I don't think that's really going to change. I mean, there's so many different things we don't know the answers to. Like, we don't know if they're going to add any more takeover events from the five they're now doing per year. I don't think that's going to change at all. I don't think they're going to tour any more than they've been touring before. Uh, I think, to me, the biggest thing that's going to change uh, is top NXT talent are going to have to appear on that show more often. Some of the guys that are just getting introduced or like fringe or wouldn't be on the show every week or just, just starting to get on there, if they're kind of on the cusp of whether or not they should be on that show, they're not going to be on the show anymore because if you're not ready for prime time, you ain't going to be on that show. And that means you can still go on the Florida loops for NXT house shows. You can continue to improve and get better. And once you get to that point, they'll put you on the TV show. But if you're kind of like on that line, I, I don't think they could put them on TV now, especially, especially that now that it's live, it's not just that it's on cable, but it's a live show. Right, you're you're real, especially for guys that don't have wrestling experience and are being brought up through the performance center. You're really throwing them in the deep waters if the first on camera exposure they get is live TV on one of the biggest cable networks. That's a pretty deep, big ask. 
for an outright rookie. Not just a WWE rookie, but maybe has 20 matches under their belt before they get on camera rookie. Like That's, that's a lot to ask. And I think that's going to make those Florida loops a lot more important because you're going to see that either, either that is going to become their minor league system or, and this has been hinted at by others in our industry, that somehow a second NXT show is the, hey, this is the smaller version. It's pre-taped. Don't get too upset over it. I don't see that one being as likely because, hey, it means one more hour of WWE television that needs to get made a week, and Lord knows we don't have enough of those. You know what that show is? But That's Evolve. Oh, yeah. How about that? That that could be Evolve. Uh, if it... If they want to do that, and they've already had Evolve on the network once, and and they've got a working relationship, that's exactly what they could do. They could say, let's put Evolve TV on uh, the network every week, and, and then do a show like that. And it's something that's just, I don't, I don't know what facility they can use, um, yeah. or what, how they would do that if they wanted to do it. But I mean, that's something to kind of keep in your back pocket. You never know. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's the other thing that's interesting about this. The idea of call-ups, that's basically gone now because since about 2014, it's been you you get you get make a name for yourself on the NXT roster, and then you get called up to the main roster around WrestleMania season or SummerSlam season, with very few exceptions like a Braun Strowman. That basically has to stop now. And WWE and NXT does have to be recognized as the third brand. Like Triple H has been saying that for the past couple of years now that it's not the developmental brand. It's the, it's the third brand. And that wasn't really true because it always felt like, oh, Aleister Black and Ricochet are giving their swan song. This is them getting called up to the majors, which is why they're going to show up on SmackDown and Raw in the coming weeks. That has to stop. Now, Velveteen Dream's not getting called up to Raw. He's staying on NXT so he can be one of their biggest stars. Ditto with Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, Undisputed Era. And then you have to ask the question, Do when do we start moving talent that needs that is talented and needs a spot but can't find one of the other two shows? When do they start getting pulled over? When do the Apollo Cruises of the world get drafted over? I think you're totally right because from the standpoint that this whole terminology of calling them developmental, that's gone because developmental is people that are training at the performance center, not people on NXT. I, I think the term call up, I think that is gone as well because you're not getting called up. You're on TV. If you're part of NXT, like if you are a big part of it, you're going to be on TV. And you know, it's funny. So many times we've talked about like, Oh my God, if they, if they really do, call up Johnny Gargano if what happens when they call up Adam Cole you know put the names out there like uh are they going to be used properly if they get called up 
they don't have to be called up now because they're on NXT and NXT is on USA Network. They're on a major cable station. So they don't have to worry about those guys going. And there's so many of those talents too that as much as they would appreciate being on a Raw or a SmackDown, that's been a dream for them. They'd at least like to, to do it, to try it, you, you know. They're also very loyal to the NXT brand. And there's some of them that are like, I'd love to stay here for the rest of my career. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa has been on record saying that. Like, if I can spend the rest of my career at NXT, I would love it. You know, and I know there's some guys that have already left NXT that are in WWE that said, hey, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I would have been happy staying with NXT. And now it gives these guys more opportunity to do just that. And that goes back to the question, though, like, is this the NXT that we've known and loved, or is it a different version of the same brand? That'll really be a wait and see. And I mean, you know me, speculating over who is behind what creatively is the most asinine conversation because we never know the answer. Yep. But it's the question we have to ask at this point because we're still a few weeks away from this show even being in, in existence on USA. That's like going down a dangerous rabbit hole. <laughs> Exactly. How do you feel about this war that is impending? Because now it is it is a reality. It is going to be NXT versus AEW every Wednesday for the foreseeable future, starting in October. Let's start with uh, one of the big arguments that's out there right now. And I think it's kind of a petty one. To some people, they'll say, no, it's a bigger deal. What, what do you make of this whole, well, if they wanted to get a TV deal, that's fine, but why did they have to put NXT on Wednesday night head-to-head with AEW? Then there's there's two sides of it, I think. I mean, one of it is, and this is the, the argument that WWE will make, and Paul Levesque has even made on a media conference call and saying, wait a second, we've always been on Wednesday nights, but it's just been on the network. We're on the same night we've been. And then I think the other argument to this whole thing is like, well, why wouldn't they go on Wednesday nights? Why wouldn't they? go on it because whether you want to say it's a war or not, whatever it's business for them. And they look at this as a business and people want to complain about it. That's fine. But guess what? You're not in WWE shoes and this is what they're going to do as a business. Now, if you're on the side of people who are saying that AEW shouldn't have picked Wednesday nights because NXT was already there. I don't know what to tell you because you have to actually look at TNT schedule to realize Wednesday night was the only option. You weren't going to go Monday nights because you weren't going to oppose raw. You can't go Tuesday nights. That's an NBA night. And they're getting pushed to the side every time for that. Ditto Thursday nights. No one wants to have a wrestling show on Friday nights and they're not going to do weekends. So Wednesday was the answer. Yeah. When people were talking about the nights, I always thought it was ludicrous that there was a chance it could be on Tuesday. There was a chance and it was all up to, you know, Turner, but I just thought that that's nuts. And I know that the argument was, well, SmackDown's been on Tuesday nights and wrestling fans are conditioned to be on Tuesday nights, but I was just like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, Wednesday nights are the night and Wednesday's night is also the night too, where you never have to worry about football interrupting you. Like when it comes to the NFL, the only college football games that are going to be out there, you'll go opposed to is, is a college football bowl series games. Um, you know, that you're going to have to go up against the world series game, but it's none of those air on your channel. 
So you don't have to worry about that. You don't ever have to worry about being preempted. If you're, if you're, you know, on TNT on Wednesday nights, there's no preemptions there. I mean, they can work around that. I mean, even when it comes to the NBA playoffs, uh, I mean, I still believe even during the playoffs, ESPN has Wednesday nights. And even if they don't, they could put the games on TBS that night, you know? So Wednesday night was the perfect night for it. Exactly. Now, as far as it being a war, I think WWE recognizes that their business was at its most successful and most popular when it was opposing someone else. Absolutely. Even if it's a war, even if it's a war that by the end of January, we're saying, hey, it's over because AEW can't keep up. Well, then WWE won. Think back to 2010 when TNA do you remember what WWE did to combat them the night that they went live on Spike on Monday nights? Remember what that episode was? Remind me. Bret Hart came back. Oh, yes, that's right. They had that in their back pocket for that for a moment like that. And that wasn't a co- that was not a coincidence. They did that because they knew they were going to have competition, so they said What's the best thing we can do to get people to watch on Monday nights? Oh, I know. You know, rectify the Montreal screw job, the most infamous moment in our company's history. If I remember else. right, though, I believe Impact that Monday night did like a 2.2 rating. And everybody's like, holy crap. And then they did half of that the next week. And then they did. They, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did. They were like down to like a 0.6. Well, wasn't it they went live that one week and then they had to go back to Thursdays and then it was in March that they said, hey, yep. we're making this jump officially. And then six weeks after that, it was, wow, this was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, they they did do that. And I remember that one. there was one time that they did. They had the big rating, but yeah, they they were back on Thursday nights so quick once they had actually made that move and they just couldn't go up against Raw. I mean... This is a little bit different. You're going against NXT. It's a different brand. It's it's something that is new as well. Uh, I don't blame WWE for doing this. And I, I don't think it's going to be kind of like what we saw in the past from the standpoint of how vicious things got between WWE and WCW, the counter-programming, and all the different things that went into that. I think it's going to be more of, we're going to do our thing. You're going to do your thing. But we love it that we are going on at the same time as you and let the best man win. And if that means we've got to do more stuff along the way, um, we're going to do it. I mean, is WWE going to go to stunt programming if uh, AEW is beating them in the ratings? I don't know. I guess it just kind of depends like how bad they were losing if they were losing. But I I mean, I, WWE is doing this. I mean, they're, they're putting NXT on TV because they can make more money. And they're publicly traded. So guess what? If there if there's a dollar out there, then their investors are going to be like, "Go make that dollar." You know, hell if uh, you know you're going to put on too much programming or whatever. Go make that money. But I think WWE wants to go on that same night because they also want to prove to everybody, like, "Oh, you know this buzz about this AEW or somebody else is getting a major cable deal." Well, guess what? We'll go up against you, and we can do a better rating. I think I think the thing that could make some people troubled in the future. And we'll see how this goes. And it's not something we're going to know immediately. I think it's going to take two, three, four months is if fans like us sit here and watch NXT and watch AEW and we say, Hey, the AEW show has been better. 
but the NXT show gets far better ratings. Then what happens? That's that's the thing I think people have to look out for. I mean, hopefully both shows will be uh, really, really good and they both compete in ratings. They're both doing about the same number and um, we all win in the end. Right, because that's that's who the real winner is in all of this. It's the fans. Suddenly you've got potentially the two best two hours of professional wrestling from the two top companies in the world going head-to-head every week in the middle of the week. That's not a bad deal. Not that, at all. That's, that's pretty good. Coming from my era when indie wrestling was dead, was virtually non-existent, and Ring of Honor's best television deal was on HDNet. Yeah, I remember that. Think about, where, think about coming from there to now. And think about how far we've come. This this is only a positive. It's great. Hell, it's great for media guys like you and me. Because suddenly our Wednesday nights are real busy. And, and I know that some people are sitting and complain and talk about, oh my God, I got more wrestling to watch. It's just like, okay, we got more. But if it's good, then I don't think we're going to complain. I mean, I can't complain about it yet from the standpoint that I haven't seen it yet. You know, yeah. so I, I've got to see it first before I get that. By the way, I'm one of these people too that people are getting this argument about why they go on Wednesday nights, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they're going on Wednesday nights. It's a business for them. Get over it. I'm cool with them being on Wednesday nights. I don't care. And quite honestly, I don't think AEW does either because in in a lot of ways by, by WWE going up against them, it gives them even more validation of saying, oh, well, these guys, I've got something cooking here. They've got a buzz going on. There's something about them that that's attracting people. So let's try to get out in front of this right now. Let's make sure that people, when they think of the preeminent name in sports entertainment, they're thinking WWE. And this is just our other brand. And we can introduce people to even more and more talent. And, and speaking of the talent thing, though, because it is going to be two hours. I do wonder if some of the NXT talent is going to be overexposed because we're not used to seeing them even appear every week, you know, on NXT when it's a one hour show. Now they're going to have to. But I really think when that was actually that was actually something that I enjoyed about NXT. Yeah. Was that you didn't see every star every week. It's it's not like it's not like Raw, where if Roman Reigns doesn't show up on a week, everyone goes, what's wrong with Roman? Is he hurt? No, it, it wasn't like that. It was you only had an hour and you only had so much talent that could fit inside that space. It worked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. You know, and. So now we have to see how they adjust to that. But I also wonder, too, uh, we've already seen, you know, this whole um, war when it comes to talent. Let's go out there and let's grab more talent. Let's grab more talent. And, and the beautiful thing about that is there is more talent, more really, really good talent in wrestling right now than we've seen in a very long time, if ever. I mean, just the amount of talented wrestlers around the world is incredibly deep. And I look at this. WWE has already been very aggressive in going after talent. And now I think they are going to be even more aggressive, if that's even possible, to go out there and say, hey, guess what? We've got this NXT show. We're doing two hours every week. Let's go get more people that are probably already ready to be on this show. And we can kind of deepen the roster when it comes to NXT and and talent that are ready to be on that TV show. Easiest way to do that, kill 205 Live and put those guys on NXT. I think so too. I mean that that's the move I would make. And but there's been a, some discussion. I don't know if there's any 
uh, validity to it that maybe 205 Live would be merged to SmackDown. Oh, and by the way, we're not done when it comes to, or I don't think we're done when it comes to the amount of wrestling we're going to get each week because the talk is still out there that SmackDown is going to be expanded to three hours, whether that third hour would be on FS1 or whether it would be on the WWE Network. I mean, okay, if you're going to do that, if somebody, if you're going to put it on the network to me, I think that's dumb. But if they're going to pay you money for FS to put it on FS1, I don't like it necessarily, but I get it because, hey man, somebody's going to give you another dollar and you're publicly traded. So you're going to go get that money. I, but I, I think it's more likely that SmackDown gets moved to FS1 and then gets changed to three hours as opposed to that idea. Maybe. I mean, I think that just depends on ratings. And I, I, obviously, we don't know what the contract says. I, I doubt that there's something in there that says, well, no matter how what your ratings are, you have to be on Fox, like on the main network yeah. for X amount of time. But I, I think that they want to give it every chance that they can. And they're, they're not going to be quick to jump to put it on FS1 unless it just totally tanked. And I just, if it, I think if it tanked that badly, they'd almost be more willing to uh, get out of the contract altogether. Uh, yeah. So I think they'll give them time. But I, I don't I don't think we're going to see 205 Live as a standalone show much longer. I don't think so either. But I, I just think so much that talent, it's it's an easy fit putting it on the NXT product. Because a lot of the guys that look really promising on NXT wind up on 205 Live because of their size. We all thought that about Johnny Gargano. You look at somebody like Swerve Strickland right now. You know, uh, Kill Shot for you Lucha Underground fans. Dude's a star and an absolute steal on WWE's behalf. He's barely shown up in NXT and has primarily been showing up on 205. And now he's saying, I want to be on 205 Live for my whole career. And I'm thinking... You need to be back on NXT, my friend. Well, because I need you versus Kushida yesterday. That's the easiest way to fill up that roster a little bit more. I and mean, we don't know definitively that they're going to kill off 205 Live, but it makes a lot of sense to put 205 of, Live into another show. Think of how much success Drew Gulak could have if instead of the whatever he's doing right now, he's down in NXT looking like he did at that Evolve show with the catch weight group and the big robe and all that stuff. Like dude looked like just God among men walking into that show. And then when he's on to a five life, it's eh, you're another guy. You look like, you look like the guy from stranger things. <laughs> I'll be curious to see what they do with that and what they're going to, you know, what they're going to do with two Oh five live going forward. You know, one other thing too, you mentioned, you know, they're going to be staying at full sale. That's one of the things, too, where I think if you're WWE, you look at saying, hey, if we can stay in this building, and yeah, it only fits 400 people, but we can make it look good. I mean, the production values are good. It always looks sold out. And it's because it always is sold out (laughs) because you can only pack 400 people in there, man. There's only only been a handful of times where I can remember it not being packed, Uh, but... They can control their costs so much more, but like we've got a static building. We don't. We don't have to book buildings around the country. We don't have to pay for the building. We don't have to worry about you know putting tickets for sale and how many tickets are we going to sell in said building and whatnot. Uh, this is a TV show. This is not a touring TV show. This is a TV show. We can control everything. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure WWE is going to have more of their production team involved in this, but there's still going to be some people 
at Full Sail, they're going to be involved with this because that's part of the partnership that they have with that trade school is that some of the people going to the school are actively involved in the production for that. And they're getting hands-on experience. So they can keep that as well. They can keep that partnership with Full Sail and everything that goes into that that they love. So, and and I don't think they would take that show on the road unless uh, they felt like, okay, our ratings are so bad. We've got to do something to make it look like a bigger show. Or if the ratings were just, you know, gonzo good and they felt like, oh, we got to capitalize on this now and we can make more money by putting it on the road, you know? So, I mean, in in either of those situations, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. The one thing I do wonder, going back to the talent thing though, is are we going to see crossover talent now, especially between Raw and NXT since they're on the same network? Is that something where we could say, oh, well, here comes some NXTs over to Raw for an appearance or two, or every now and then it's the unofficial, you know, wild card, which is supposedly going away and, and vice versa. And I, and I say mostly with Raw because they're going to be on the same network and they could do it with SmackDown talent, obviously, but you know, they're going to be on a different network with Fox. So, and then there's the question, which we still don't know is can talent freely jump from a USA show to a Fox show? And does, do either networks like that? Right. How much promotion is there going to be between those two we've shows? We've speculated. We've speculated that for months and still don't have a clue. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There, there's a lot of questions we, we still don't have answers to. I mean, I, I don't think that the people at Fox are like raging pissed, but I'm sure they weren't too thrilled to be like, hey, we're going to get another two hour show from these guys. And suddenly it's like, wait, what do you mean? It's going to be on USA Network. Like. We were planning on this. We, you know, we made the deal, and I'm sure they thought, you know, we're very close to finalizing this. And I, I don't, I don't think that's really going to affect the relationship too much. But I'm, I'm sure they weren't too thrilled about it. The, the one thing I kind of wondered about, and maybe it's just overthinking it, is that studio show that they're going to be doing. Like, do they really want to go forward with that from a standpoint? Like, okay, if we do this studio show. Are we just going to be talking about? what happens on SmackDown since it's part of the Fox family, or will we talk about what happened on raw and NXT as well? Now it is on that show's going to be on FS one. So it's not like it's on Fox. If it's on FS one to talk about the networks, so be it. People are tuning in because they want to watch that. And they're not going to, I don't think they'd be foolish to think, Oh, well our audience isn't watching those other shows on other networks. But if it's something where they were really ticked off, they could say, why are we doing the studio show? Yeah, 
I don't think they'll hesitate to talk about what happened on the other shows. It's like ESPN. They'll talk about what happened on Sunday Night Football, even though that's on NBC. Yeah. It doesn't stop them from you know, being like, hey, nothing happened on Sunday night. Don't ask. And you don't no, always they, have they, to say, like, as everybody saw over on Raw on USA Network. They don't have to do that. I mean, if they're showing any footage, they can, you know, footage courtesy of USA Network or whatever. They have to put that on the screen. But that doesn't mean they have to say it. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't think that I don't think this wrecks the possibility of that studio show. I still question what the studio what what value the studio show will have each week. Maybe maybe if it turns into like a talking smack situation, where guys are more free to cut promos and dive into their characters, maybe it leads to something more worthwhile. But if it's all just surface level. Well, here's who won on the second hour of Raw this week. I I don't see the the drive from fans to want to go watch that. It's like remember those shows they used to do in the early 2000s that came on like Saturday mornings that just recapped what happened on Raw and SmackDown that week. Those went away when the internet got popular because then you could go look up their results. You didn't need a show to help you recap it. Thank God they went away too. <laughs> as a as a kid, I kind of love those. Well, that's because those shows were made for kids. Yeah, I can't blame you there. And especially at a time when Raw was on past my bedtime, so I had to get keep caught up elsewhere. Hey, when I was uh, a teenager, and I have a sister who's a little bit older than me, when she got a car, my parents like paid for her car insurance for like a year or something. And they're like, yeah, we should probably get Brian something too. So what did they get me? Got me a nice little 13-inch TV from my bedroom. (laughs) And guess what? They only wanted me to stay up at a certain time of night. But guess what? When there was a Saturday night's main event, somebody woke up, stuffed the towel under the door jam so the light wouldn't get through, and watched Saturday night's main event. Okay? (laughs) There you go. So I I beat the past the bedtime thing. See, my parents would not allow me to have a TV in my room because there was their belief was I would never leave my room. Yeah, my parents basically knew that about me already. That was going to once I got the TV, probably. <laughs> now they were they were pretty strict about it they, uh, when it came to like only a certain amount of time in the bedroom. If you're gonna watch TV, you gotta watch it with the family, kind of a thing, you know. But uh, yeah, you know. Well, back in your back in your day, not even the president had two TVs, right? Uh, that's very true. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, so it's in the Back to the Future situation, though. Okay, <laughs> you're the one who mentioned Back to the Future off air, so I'm bringing uh, it on. That is true. Uh, uh, a couple other things uh, on this, and we'll get to some WWTV stuff. Um, so once we have three hours of Raw, two hours of AEW, two hours of NXT and at least two hours of SmackDown. That's, no, what is that, nine hours of programming between all of that? They just do my math. Let's see, three, two, two, two. Yeah, so that's nine hours. Did you forget NXT UK? Because the United Kingdom did. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, how much of that? Also, is- also, I think main event is still a thing, technically. Oh, God, yeah, not in the United States, though, I don't think. It's somewhere out there in the world, I'm sure, or somewhere. Uh, but I'm just, I'm going to be curious, like for the average fan or somebody that regularly watches WWE, 
Um, or even somebody that's really, you know, watches some WWE and is very interested in AEW, like how many hours of wrestling will fans commit to on a week to week basis? And how much does that change based on what's happening on the various shows? Good question. I haven't a clue. I think that's going to be something we all have to look out for. And I, I don't think we know the answer to it yet, but I'm going to be curious to see that because like in our circles, We'll watch all of it, you know. Like we'll it's my job. I, I I get I am I am paid to watch all of it and keep up with all of it. Sure, but there's been this argument but, too that the the audiences between AEW and WWE are actually different. There's not as much crossover as you would think, and I think we're going to find the if we've already seen signs for that. There already is some truth to that, but uh, I think that will be further explained or extrapolated once AEW has a TV show on the air. Then we'll really find and out I, what's going on. Right. And I think I think if you're looking at the Venn diagram of fans on the left is WWE fans and on the right is AEW and the sliver in the middle is kind of small because there's not a lot of crossover. I think that crossover gets a little bigger with an NXT type product. I would think so. I mean, and that's that's where it's like, damn, they're on at the same time. But thank God technology is out there because we have this little thing called the DVR and, and, and WWE has basically preempted this by going, Hey, 24 hours after this airs on Wednesday nights, you can get on the network on Thursday nights. No more of this wait in a month. Like you have to with raw, right? You uh, get it the next day. Yes. I'm just going to be what? Eight o'clock at night. Eastern. It will be on the network and, and then it'll be on VOD on the network, you know, going forward. So you don't have to worry about that, even if you don't have a DVR. I mean, or if you don't have a, a blank tape in your VCR to tape it. I mean, you, there's there's ways to watch that show. So you don't have to worry about picking and choosing or just do like I do. I have two TVs in the living room. So I'll just, you know, turn the sound back and forth. You don't like that idea? Come on. You, you damn Gen Xers on your multiple TVs. <laughs> hey, man, there are plenty of times when there's a show I want to watch on TV and there's a baseball game on at the same time or come the fall, guess what? I like watching me some NFL and there's multiple games on and I've got the NFL package and I want to watch my Bears and I want to watch another game that's on. So guess what? I've got two TVs and I can watch those games at the same time. Your, your generation just demands to have everything be thrown at you at once. Not only do I have the two TVs and the two games I have each one set up to where when they go to commercial, there's secondary games I want to watch. So when they go to commercial, I can just hit that back button and it goes to the other channel real quick and I have it set up on both. I'm like double-fisted remotes over here just watching games. I've got my fantasy stats up on my computer. You're a madman. Where's the Red Zone channel and all of this? I don't use the Red Zone channel. I like watching games. Oh, that's the best one. Well, I'm the guy that doesn't watch Red Zone. I mean, I get it, but I... I get the NFL uh, Sunday ticket, but I don't get the red zone. I just get it because I like watching the Bears. And there's too many times I'll be in a market. Like when I was in Orlando, it was like a Buccaneers market. And I was just like, good God, kill me now. Um, even where I'm at now in North Carolina, I'm not the biggest Panthers fan. Uh, so I don't want to be beholden to watching the Panthers or whatever game they might put on TV. And if I've got, you know, the ticket, I can watch whatever the hell I want. I can watch all the games. You don't like that after every oh, first down? God. No, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of that. 
Dude, I, I like the Panthers. They're, what, they're what, cool. When I was in Orlando, uh, working sports radio for a while there, I had to come in on Sundays and I had to produce Tampa Bay Buccaneer football games like off the network feed. And that was when uh, they really sucked. And I mean, no offense sucked. And running those broadcasts just drove me batty, to say the least. I, I God. And, and plus... Is, it, is, this, is this right after Gruden or is this before? It's right before Gruden. Okay, so it's pretty bad. Oh, it was horrible, man. The only thing that was pretty good about it was Gene Deckerhoff, who's the voice of the Bucks on the radio, who's also the voice for um, Florida State Seminoles radio. And uh, so when the Bucks are at home, they would literally, there's a pirate ship there, and they would fire the cannons off if they scored a touchdown. And Gene would be like, fire the cannons, you know, you know, but that was the only thing that was cool about it. Outside of that, I was just like, I don't give a crap. And by the way, uh, next year when WrestleMania is in Tampa, it's in Raymond James Stadium. You will see the pirate ship. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm telling you right now, and, and Kyrie Sane better have a big match on that show. Yeah. I was gonna say if Kyrie Sane's not involved in that somehow, a disservice has been made. Oh, absolutely. What the hell? All right. Do we want to get to WWE television that actually happened this week? I think we should. Um, who was that man that we saw at the end of SmackDown? I thought, or because sh- so I'm walking out of the movie theater. I didn't watch SmackDown Live. Sorry, sue me. Um, I'm walking out of the theater, and I see the clip, and I see him pull the bag over his head, and I went, oh, my God, they made Luke Harper shave his head and dye his beard red. <laughs> and I took a closer look and went, eh, it's just some old guy. I originally thought, and they could still go this route, I guess, but I thought, oh, is that his dad? Or is that his <laughs> brother? <laughs> The, the absolute best is someone made an edit, and I saw it get spread around, so I retweeted it. Uh, someone took the Curb Your Enthusiasm final music, mm-hmm. and as soon as the bag lifts off, you just hear womp, 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 because there's Roman Santos going, what the hell? <gasps> if, you, if you go back just before then, and when Daniel Bryan is like barking at Roman, like, I'll show you who this is, blah, blah, blah. I swear to God, I thought Daniel was going to start laughing. There's a point where I'm convinced Daniel is about to start laughing and he catches himself. And I'm like, this must have been live or else they would have shot this again. They had to have done this live. And you know, at the end, Daniel had to be so happy that like he has to act like he believes he's on camera when they don't show his face on camera. Like they only show him from like the neck down and they're showing, you know, Rowan with the quote unquote doppelganger, you know, whoever this guy is that they found on the street on a park bench next you know out there and uh <laughs> daniel's probably sitting going please end this i'm about to burst i i i don't i'm back to not knowing where this is going but it yet again it gave us a great buddy murphy match so it's really hard to complain right now it is i mean it's okay they've got this who done it it's taking in a weird direction we don't know i'm still okay with it it is campy there's parts of it that are dumb um i'm willing to give it some leeway just because i want to see exactly where they go with this thing but i mean it's weird it's flat out weird it's not like broken universe matt hardy weird this is like wwe weird like what rabbit hole are you taking us down? And like, do you know where you're going? This is WC. This is WCW. Who drove the white Hummer? Weird. Is it Black Scorpion? Weird. 
it depends. See, Black Scorpion is only bad if the payoff, because of the payoff. If the payoff is better, that angle is not terrible. I I have the, no idea the what the payoff is. was. The payoff was Flair, who we were already kind of sick of fi- fighting Sting over and over anyway. So can that old guy? Can he take a bump? Because Roman's got to beat him up, right? How long did it take them to find someone that looked exactly like Rowan? What do you think the casting call sheet looked like that they put out? Looking for a guy with this description or whatever? Need somebody that looks like that? Like, who was responsible for going through the headshots of people out in Hollywood or whatever going, no, no, no. There it is. There it is. All right. I'm page 1,432. I found him. That's the guy. You know? We looked through a catalog of Lumberjacks quarterly. And we found him on page 37. I was going to say, I thought it was going to be like semi-trucks annually or something. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know where they found him. But that's why when I looked at him at first, I was like, he kind of looks like Rowan. Like, is that his dad? I was like, who the hell is that guy? You know, it's it was just weird. But I, I, Then I just picture a young Rowan being like, and his dad being like, son, someday you'll have a big burly beard like me. Right. And then, but first we must shave your head. But the payoff is still going to be like Daniel Bryan put the dude up to it or something, right? Yeah, I mean, th- there there is no way that this doesn't end with a match between Roman and Daniel. We're just finding a really circuitous way to get around it. Well, do we get that magic clash of the champions, or do we have to wait until it's, October? It's cla- It's clash of champions. It's not and clash need- of the champions. No, it's Clash of Champions, and I'm tired of everybody saying it wrong. Wait a second. Are you sure about that? I got to look this up now. Oh, God, you're right. Ha-ha. It was Clash of... Remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Clash of the Champions back in the old days. Right. But now they've gotten rid of the word the. Hmm. Just too many, uh, too many letters to fit on the logo? What's going on here? I guess it's so they can keep replacing clash of champions night of champions clash of champions night of champions so they can say it's the first ever clash of champions no because they've done this before okay. this this remember this was uh two years ago this was the one where aj uh, defended the title against gender oh surprisingly good pitch. yes i i am with you that no matter how this pays off we did get a buddy murphy daniel bryan match a very very good match and surprisingly, Buddy won. Yeah, it was great. And it was the right choice. With, I mean, with, with frickin' Murphy's Law as his finisher still. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, Daniel Bryan um, is doing incredible work right now. And then on top of that, he's putting over all these guys in these great matches. And it's really not hurting Daniel. And that, that, that just is a testament to how big of a star that he is, that I don't feel like it's taken anything away from him. But yet he's been losing matches, but he's having great matches and guys are beating him and beating him clean as well because he tried some tomfoolery in that match and it backfired on him. And Buddy Murphy got the biggest win in his career, as we all found out on SmackDown as they screamed it over and over again. (laughs) But I mean, you, you made the reference earlier about like the guys from 205 Live, right? And like, you know, what they did with the Cruiserweight Classic, and then once they started 205 Live, and WWE did not know what to do with that talent, and we were all sitting going, God, there's so many good guys over there. What the hell are you doing? You're killing them on this brand. And now they've taken 
Buddy Murphy off that brand. They've taken Cedric Alexander off that brand. They put him on Raw. They put him on SmackDown. And it looks like both those guys are in really good roles, really good positions right now, and both are getting pushed. I mean, Cedric won the first round of the King of the Ring tournament, beating Sami Zayn. The last couple weeks, it looks like they've wanted to do some more stuff with Cedric. I mean, they've had him go toe-to-toe with uh, Drew McIntyre. He lost that match, but he looked like a million bucks in it that they did a couple weeks ago. It's amazing just to see, like, they're not doing it with everybody, but they have handpicked a couple of guys from that brand, put them on Raw and SmackDown, and they're doing something with it, and people are digging it. Funny how that works. It is, isn't when it? You let the be- when you let the best wrestlers in the world do their thing for 15 minutes with no storyline around it. When we Funny. talk about that, when we talk about those matches... Uh, Dolph Ziggler had a really good match with Roman Reigns this week, even though I it seemed kind of weird that like Roman and Dolph were going toe to toe for as long as they were, but fine, they had a really good match. You know, there there was a bunch of good matches on TV. The storylines, you know, there's there's some I don't know if I want to say interesting, different. It's it's at least getting you maybe not hooked, but you're intrigued by some of it. You know, there, there's some it, stuff that they're doing. Particularly with Raw, it never felt like they were spinning their wheels. Because we've had those weeks. We've had a lot yeah. of those weeks lately. But this week, it, pretty much from start to finish, every segment was about something and leading to something else. Right. There was, there was something behind everything that they did. It felt like there was a purpose to everything. And dare I say, and tell me if you, you believe in this, a Raw and SmackDown improving. Who's to say? Especially when we knew Vince McMahon was not backstage let, uh, for Monday night. He's got a phone. He he still has a he has a handle on that script. But it things have seemed to get better. I mean, there's still some things on there that are kind of wonky. They they did the Rey Mysterio. I'm gonna retire, but I'm not and. I mean, and I need my son to act up with his back to the camera. Oh my God. Well, the, the, the first tip off that he was not really going to retire. If you didn't get it, everybody was, they didn't do it in the ring. They did it backstage. Yeah. What was with that? That was the, the moment that they're talking about that. I was just like, he's not unmasking here. They'll unmask on Instagram. Like he always does. (laughs) He doesn't care about it over there. It's just like if the if this is really going to be him retiring, or they really want you to believe it, they would do it in the ring. They wouldn't do it backstage. Uh, you had Sasha Banks once again attacking Natalia, and then tell go to hell, and then tell your dad I said hi. It's like oh no, like I just I just cringe every time. It's just like okay. I don't care if you believe that you're getting heat off of this or whatever. I don't care if Natalia's cool with it. I'm sure she is. Sometimes you just got to realize, like, this is a bad idea to use deceased relatives in storylines. Like, just please stop it. I mean, we're all, um, it's not a thing where I'm saying that's on PC or whatever. It just, it just doesn't feel right. It's not in good taste. You don't need to do it. It's not helping you in any way other than getting people talking about like right now going, why the hell are you bringing up dead people in storylines? With the exception of that line, I thought Sasha was great this week. Yes. Especially her promo where she's like, I looked in the mirror and I told myself, blue is totally my color. 
love that. That was perfect. You know what? If if they get to the Sasha Banks Natalia match, who do you think people are going to root for? They're not going to root for Natalia. I don't care what <laughs> Sasha does. I don't care what she does. They are going to root for her. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, I'm sorry, Natty. What did, what, but... did, what did you think of Braun Strowman's wild ride? Hey, if you can find somebody that looks at you the way Braun Strowman looks at Universal Championship, you're going to be a happy person for life. I mean, that guy. I believe it. He's got eyes for that title, man. That That's the whole thing. I love, I love it when they're backstage and Seth is having to talk with him. And he's like, put your eyes over here, big man. Take it off the title. <laughs> I, I love that Seth is smart enough to know where this is going. Where he's like, hey, I saved you. Oh, please don't kill me. Just get, wait, 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 wait. Let, let's, let's go into tag titles. Let's, let's do that for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I know at some point you're going to be like, hey, big boots, running power slam, roar. I want the world championship. Yeah, I know. But can we not do that right now, please? Like, can we I, get that moment where, okay, go back. I don't know how many years ago it was. I can't remember what WrestleMania was. But remember, we all knew at WrestleMania, they announced it was going to be John Cena against Shawn Michaels. And remember, for, we, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we were all sitting there and we all knew what was going to happen. Like, Shawn Michaels is going to super kick John Cena. When is it going to happen? And if you remember, the last Raw before that WrestleMania, those guys did a tag team match. And at one point, they had... I can't remember who it was again. Maybe Batista was down in the ring, what, whoever it was. And I, I remember this so fondly that Jim Ross goes, they bend over and they go, a double you can't see me. And they both did it, you know. And the next thing you know, you know, they both get on their feet and Sean, boom, there's the super kick. And the crowd explodes and Jim Ross goes, oh, down with a super kick. You know, he's just places going. And Jerry Lars going, what the hell? You know, and everything. And it's just, it was great. We all knew it was coming, but we but it was the right thing to do. We know this has got to be coming. I don't care how you know chummy they can be. They can be tag team champions or whatever. Braun Strowman has eyes for that Universal Championship, and Seth Rollins knows he does. And they can announce that match for Class of Champions or whenever. But right before they do that, that's when Braun, like in the middle of a match or something, should pick up his partner and just decimate him just one quick move it doesn't need to be a whole beat down just out of nowhere boom boom put him down and sets the stage for the one-on-one match with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the thing is, Braun doesn't have to necessarily turn heel for this, no. this program to continue. 
Heck, they if they really wanted to get fun with this, they could both still be tag champions walking into that match. And then it would be the literal clash of champions because it would be two champions clashing. I agree. I, I, the, there doesn't need to be a heel babyface dynamic. All this is is Braun Strowman wants to be universal champion. Everybody in the company that's on Raw should want to be the universal champion. So this is just, you've got something that I want and I want to face you in the ring one-on-one for that championship. I I have a feeling that they might revert to, you know, things they've done in the past where they drop the tag team titles very quickly, but they could easily do what you just said and they could be tag team champions going into that match. And and even coming out of that match, there doesn't have to be a situation where they don't get along. They could still get along and say, "Hey, you got the better of me on that one." Or whatever they want to do. There's there's a lot of different directions they could go on that. Yeah, it's like, look, I want to take your title. I don't hate your guts. Like, right. We, we've already done the heel Strowman goes for the world championship thing. We did that last year, and it sucked. And this is going to be a short-term program, and we don't know yet. There doesn't have to be this overriding animosity. It could just be as simple as, I want to be the champion, and you happen to be the champion right now. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So I'm, I'm waiting to see if they do that moment. But do they face at Clash of Champions? Or do they hold it off till the October show? Hell in a Cell, I think. Well, even if they do it there, uh, it doesn't have to be in the cell necessarily. I mean, there's only going to be what, probably two matches that are in the cell. Right. No, we, we don't know what that's going to be just yet. And yeah, they, but the thing is, they've got some weeks. They, the next paper is until mid-September. Exactly. They're, we've got time. We've got plenty of time, so we don't have to worry about that right now. Uh we're going to get some TV stuff. We'll get to some questions from everybody as well. One other um, bit of wrestling for this week. We've got the Super J Cup this week, and it actually starts Thursday night. So we've got Thursday night and uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, got the tournament going on there. How much? I mean, remind me. Is this on? Is this on Fight or where's this airing? If it's airing anywhere, I I thought it was airing on Fight and. Maybe I'm wrong about it. I'm I'm just mixed up where everything is airing right now. I do not know, and there's only one person that I want to see win this tournament. So And that go. is Will Ospreay. I don't think Will Ospreay's gonna win the tournament. And I don't think he should necessarily win the tournament because I think somebody else should win it, and that sets up that person getting a shot at uh, Will Ospreay's title. Meh. Oh I think th- I think I think the answer for who should face him for the title at Wrestle Kingdom is Takahashi, who we don't know if he's back yet or not. We think he's back. If Hiromu is ready to go for that, then yes, I would agree. But, well, I mean, there, there, the winner of the Super J Cup doesn't even necessarily have to face Osprey at, at Wrestle Kingdom. They could face him before then. I mean, they've got plenty of shows before then as well. True. But you look at some of the people in this tournament and you go, well, he's not going to lose to Amazing Red. You can take Show and Yo off the table. Mm-hmm. You know, Taguchi, no. Gresham is a Ring of Honor guy primarily. Dragon Lee, maybe. Uh, Karistico and Bushi, no. Rocky, no. Soberano Jr., no. It feels like the guys that have a better chance that you would think on paper that would have the better chance of actually beating him are in the same bracket, on the same side of yeah. the bracket. Robbie Eagles and Taiji Ishimori. That's, that's kind of it. Maybe Phantasma. 
or if they if they want to strap the jet back onto Clark Connors for being in the LA dojo, which I right. doubt. Oh, did you see the note that Osprey put out there on social media? I think it was earlier today, and that mean earlier on Wednesday. I believe he said that he has signed. Uh, he's with um, New Japan for another five years. Five years. That'll five. be interesting. Yeah. That, that that is an interesting call on his part. It's uh, what he's always but, wanted to do, and I'm sure that they love that he's made that kind of commitment, and it allows them to continue to phase him out of the super juniors and probably more into the heavyweights and kind of make that slow transition to doing that. But remember, just a couple years ago, this was the same guy that said, I want to move to Australia and build up Australian wrestling. He loves Japanese like, food. What can I say? Like He he was there for a second where he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave New Japan and go start this. And it was like, are you really going to do that? No, I'm staying here in New Japan. But how many guys have we seen have gone to Japan and get hooked by the lifestyle, the wrestling, the, everything that goes into it? They just... You know, they just succumb to kind of being in Japan, and that happens to a lot of different guys. It's interesting on his part to say, you know, you see this whole AEW, WWE thing going on right now? I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I'm happy with New Japan. I like what they're doing with me. I'm, I have all this creative freedom, and I'm going to stay here. You know what I mean? He's still young. I mean, how old is Will? Mid-20s? I think he's my age. Oh, that old, huh? Which makes me feel sad because I can't do all of his flips. Uh, I could never He's, do any of his flips. He, I'm a lot older. He he is just a few months younger than me. So that would make him 26? 20, 26. Wow. I need to work on my standing 450s. Yes, you do. But you can bench press him. I, oh, with ease. I could bench press two of him. Wow, with ease. Look at you, Hulk. <laughs> let's get to a couple questions uh not too many a couple of them we've already answered you can leave your questions on the facebook page facebook.com backslash between the ropes uh, i put up the post every week and you can leave your questions there uh joshua bellamy or bellumini excuse me for butchering your name josh asks uh was the man character a mistake becky got all of her support when she was a white meat baby face with exception to the first month of the new character, it seems like it's been a slow, steady decline. Kofi has maintained that baby face character and the fans have stayed with him more than they have with Becky. In my opinion. See, I have, I was all for Becky and the man stuff when it first came out around SummerSlam last year. But over time, I've gotten kind of tired of it. But the reason I've gotten tired of it isn't the same reason I think the, the question is asking. It's not the man aspect of it that bothers me. My stuff is more in, I feel like when she's like starting stuff on Twitter, it comes off more as bullying than it does, you know, taunting. Hmm. And people go, oh, no, Steve Austin would be doing this exact same thing if he were on Twitter. No, he wouldn't. He'd be going into, he'd be knocking into people's locker rooms, hitting them with a stunner. And then, you know, flipping him the bird and off on his merry way. He wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to get you on Twitter, Ronnie. That was so ridiculous. I got so sick of that. I actually didn't mind that. And I haven't gotten tired of the man. I, I think 
think where some people have really gotten frustrated with this too, with whether it's been from those things, but one of the other things that, that hasn't helped is just some of her opponents. When when you get off that WrestleMania high and then they put her with Lacey Evans and Lacey that is what she is, that hurt. I mean, is, is Lacey in witness protection right now? Like, have we seen her? Nope. I mean, ever since they did the, the mixed tag match, we have not seen her. And we're just now seeing Baron Corbin, who's not wrestling in a vest anymore and just had a tank top on this weekend. I say this weekend, this week he was on Raw. I have not since Okada started wearing pants have I seen someone obsessed so much over a man's wrestling attire than people do over Baron Corbin. I had to put out that clip. People were joking around about that, and somebody made that comparison. So, of course, I had to send that clip out of that sports bar that went just crazy. Which which wasn't real, but it was perfectly edited where it's like, is he wearing pants? No, he's wearing briefs. Yay! I know. It was like throwing drinks around like, what? <laughs> I love that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Francis asks, uh, what key lessons does NXT need to learn so it does not become the poor third brand like ECW on WWE? Let Triple H run it every week. That worked so far. Don't have a character named the zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't make it the dumping ground for the other brands like East WWE CW turned into. Right. Like if I mean if you want to put some other talent that's on there from Raw or SmackDown that just aren't getting uh or getting squeezed out of TV time, then I think you've got to be very selective on which guys you do that with. I I just don't want to see anybody on there. I mean there, and there's a ton of talent that's out there, but there's some guys that just that probably don't belong on that brand. Like if if you wanted to put like um Chad Gable. I think he would be a fantastic addition to that. He just seems like he would fit the mold there. But there's just a question. He, he fit the mold there last time. Even with his his his, his finely coiffed hair now as well. But um some other people I just it just doesn't feel like it would be right unless they were just making a cameo on the on that brand. Uh which NFL XFL team name sounds good. And that's right. We did get the XFL names today. So let's see. We have the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Tampa Bay Vipers, New York Guardians, Seattle Dragons, LA Wildcats, DC Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, and the Dallas Renegades. Oh, the promo packages that came with these team announcements were just the most ridiculous thing. Ever. Oh, you mean the ones that I have right in front of me because I wanted to read a couple off? Please don't. Okay, which one? Name me a team you want me to read off. Come on, give me a couple. Oh, uh, the def- uh, the New York one, the Defenders. No, that was DC. The, Do the New York one. The New York team. They had the Guardians. The New York Guardians. Centuries carved of stone, watchdogs over the metropolis. A prehistoric predator, a beast evolves, turned loose in a new kind of jungle. All teeth and talons, eyes unblinking. They know fear because they feed off it. They are your first line of defense, and there is no need for a second. The New York Guardians on duty. I love it. Now read the dragons one. I remember that one got a lot of grief. The dragons. Oh, the Seattle dragons rising from the turbulent sea beneath the darkening skies of their weather hardened home. Relentless, ruthless, ravenous. 
Not a mythology, but of muscle and might. Not of folklore, but of football. This is your darkest fantasy in cleats. The Seattle Dragons breathing fire. Ugh. That's got to be in Vince's voice, right? Like I keep thinking like the uh, John Facenda who did all the uh, NFL films and, you know, uh, the wind is a Oakland Raider, you know, and all that stuff. But Vince, that's got Vince written all over. We hear breathing fire. I love that clip. There's a five second clip that is still on YouTube of the first XFL game with Vince wearing a leather XFL jacket, giving that infamous line. And it's, it's wonderful. And then we get the 30 for 30 where it goes, this was the XFL. And it became the, what was it? The AAF or whatever. And merely bombed USFL. Wasn't that it last year? No, it was no, the, no, the American. No, that was the double A. Yes. And was, by the way, I still don't think the XFL is going to work. That's just me. I mean, I'm of the opinion of I believe it when I see it. But to answer the question, my favorite is the dragons because not enough teams are named after dragons or dinosaurs or any like really interesting creatures. We keep it really boring. Like the Wildcats, which are also in this league. I, I have a proposal for something that I would like to see, though. The first game that's going to be in Tampa Bay, I would like to see the mayor of Tampa down there. We want to welcome everybody to the game. Thank you for coming out. We're all excited about having this new football league, you know, and our own team. And then he gets RKO'd out of nowhere by the Viper, Randy Orton. (laughs) Please make this happen on the 50. Come on. Be even better if it was Vince, but I don't know. Vince Vince has got a birthday coming up this weekend. Do you know that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, Vince's birthday is this coming weekend, man. He's going to be, is it 73? I don't I don't know what to get him. I mean, I don't know if he has like a wish list on Amazon or anything. Uh, he, I'm 73 years young. <laughs> he, he is right now. He will be 74 years young coming up this weekend. Good for you, Vince. Still hanging in there and doing... Quite well. Quite better than most of us. Uh, a couple other things. Um, do you think we will see LAX on AEW or WWE anytime soon as they've wrestled their last match for Impact, which they did, and they did say goodbye to that? I still think they're going to be the mystery uh, partners for Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's my pick. Um, we need uh, AEW's emphasizing tag teams. If you're a young tag team in the industry right now, that's where I'd try to be getting into. Yep, totally agree. Uh, and one other question is from Philip Walchester. This is kind of a sort of a question. It's more fantasy booking. He wonders, could we see Finn Balor stay off WWE programming till the Royal Rumble? The Fiend has a strong run until then, clears the ring, and Demon Balor makes his return to oust him then. I don't think they're going to wait that long. I think they could wait even longer if that's the next match they want to do is Fiend against Demon Balor because that's a match that makes sense at WrestleMania. That real, but I just really feel like they they'll they'll shotgun that at Survivor Series. Maybe I mean I think it just depends when Finn comes back, what ideas they have for him. That's a route they could easily go. I I still would like to see him in you know in the OC 
but I don't know if they're ever going to bite into that. That's that's something that's been out there for years. Well, if if he lose, no, here's here's how you do it. If he loses as the demon, then he knows he has no choice, but he has to go back to the OC. He needs some friends. He can't do it on his own. Just what AJ Styles told him. They teased it during SummerSlam. They did. They said, just say when, and he's going to go when, and they're going to come running. Absolutely. Uh, Actually, there was one other question here. Who was it from? Uh, Somebody had asked what movies we're looking forward to watching coming up in the fall. Uh, Any movies in particular that stand out to you? Well, I just saw It Chapter 2 last night. Right. I can't tell you what I thought about it. I will say, and this isn't coming from you because you did not tell me this, but um, I, who's the uh, the female uh, actress that's in this with the red hair? I can't remember her name. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Yes, Jessica Chastain, I remember, was on late night television several months ago. And she said that there's a scene in the movie that she is a part of that is the bloodiest scene in movie history. Who's to say? But to answer your to answer the question, uh, I want to see Rambo: Last Blood just because I'm curious how the wow. hell you. End. That's awesome! You want to go see that movie? I want to see the new Zombieland because I love the first one. Obviously, Star Wars. Um, I want to see Joker. Jo- oh God, Joker! Yes, Good I God. want. I want to see uh, the Mister Rogers movie that's coming out. Won't you be my neighbor? Uh, I want to see The Lighthouse because that's getting a ton of Oscar buzz. God, that movie looks weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what else is there that I want to see? I'm looking at the list real quickly. Um, Ford versus Ferrari looks really yes. good. I actually went- I think that's going to. I think that's going to be like the guy movie that gets a bunch of award nominations. People are going to love. Another um, one that's not a guy movie, just, but some people probably want to see is the Goldfinch. Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, Ready or not, I've heard amazing things about, and that is actually out today. I have not seen it. I plan on going to see that this weekend. I just saw Where, Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Which is How the, was it? It was good. I mean, it's a Richard Linklater movie, so I, I liked it. I mean, it's not something that was like incredible but i thought it was it was a good solid movie oh um dr sleep is coming out which I'm that's curious right about. that would that was it's gonna be interesting to see how that compares to previous outings i'm surprised you haven't said frozen 2 yet i thought that was right up your alley yeah i mean i'll see it i just think uh i just think i haven't seen frozen yet well, you should, because it, it is a good movie, despite the massive amount of hype that was thrown onto it. Like, it is a good movie, mm. um, and it's it's a very well told story. Now, whether it gets buried underneath, you know, whatever hit song they put out on the radio again. Oh yeah, that you know that it remains to be seen. Oh 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
let's get to as we close out here let's talk about some tv stuff because we were going to talk about this last week and we held off there's two there's two tv shows in particular we want to talk about um well actually both of them are netflix let's start with glow because that's got the the wrestling hook as well um you actually saw glow before it came out on netflix I did, and I got to write a review of it that went up the day before it actually went to air. And I watched Glow quickly after it dropped, like that weekend. And the cool thing about that show is, even though there's 10 episodes, most of them are around 30 minutes. There's a couple that go like 40, 42, I think. Give or take. Now, my review, I gave it a 3 out of 5, and I Mm -hmm. went in-depth on the issues I had with it. What did you think of this show? See, I'm somebody that never liked the cheesy wrestling. And if you even go back to Glow on TV from back in the day, I was not a fan of Glow. Like, I get some people like that, and it's super cheesy, and you have to know what you're into, but that's just something I wasn't into. This season, they do not show much of the wrestling. It's more of kind of the the personal lives between everybody and how their their relationships are with one another and everything. Right, the thing I've always enjoyed about this show is that it gets why people like wrestling, but is also not afraid to say, yeah, it can also be really goofy at times. Like even the modern day product can get really freaking goofy. I had a friend who does not watch wrestling works at my office, randomly flipped to raw on Monday night. And guess what? Five minute clip she saw. Ooh. Jerry Lawler in the ring and the lights flickering. He goes, Oh no, I'm getting out of here. And then he <laughs> walks up the ramp and then there's Bray Wyatt. And she doesn't know anything about any of this. And he just goes, rah, 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 rah. like, <laughs> and she was laughing hysterically about it the next day. Telling me about it. Just that's awesome. Yeah. No, like, it's, I, I, like, I liked, I liked the season because I, I didn't like those as, aspects of the show and they really go deep and the like, everybody's relationship with one another and things are going through in their own personal lives. And there's, you know, layers of different stories when it comes to uh, race and um, homosexuality and that was in your community. But I, my issue with this season, because I liked a lot of it. Yeah. I hated how stories were started and then set of a payoff were just dropped and weren't mentioned again. Perfect example is Awesome Kong's character, Tamei. Early on in the season, we see kind of the physical toll that the show, doing it nightly, is taking on her. Like at, It gets to a point where she's abusing pain pills and alcohol. She physically can't get up off the ground. Like She's in an incredible amount of pain, and it felt like, well, this is something real that wrestlers deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're not wrestling every single night, like she has to. And about midway through the season, they go, okay, we're benching you. We, we, you can't do this. We'll switch in another part for yours. Like you physically can't keep going. And then she goes, wait a second, I'll be a manager. And they name drop like Captain Lou Albano and Bobby the Brain. And, you know, you, you kind of sit back and go, well, you know what? That, that actually could be really interesting. Would have been nice to see it. Because yeah, for the you rest never of the season, it. we don't see any of that. Because the only time we saw her in a non... Well, in a different role than we were used to is when she played one of the old women. 
And I love I loved the scene where the, the show where they're all switching up in each other's roles and they're all going like, God, how do you fit into this thing? Or right. God, my accent sounds ridiculous. Or hey, I actually fit pretty good in this part too. Loved all of that. But it remember uh, Debbie's character. Mm-hmm. She gets I think the worst of it, where she goes from, Gosh, I'm struggling as you know being a single mother whose baby is growing up before my eyes, but I'm in Vegas and he's in Los Angeles. So the, the strain of having to fly back and forth and missing all those big moments of his life. And then it takes one conversation for them to go, Oh, Hey, I should just bring the baby with me to Vegas. And then we get an episode and a half of her being like, okay, having a baby in Vegas is kind of a hassle because of all the ridiculousness that is downtown Vegas and trying to be a single mother. And it's not exactly healthy for, you know, an infant to be, strolling around in there yeah and then the moment he the baby walks down to the casino and tex is standing there she might as well have dropped the baby because we never talk about it again and she's suddenly invested in this relationship we had to like get that baby just, out of the way it was in the it was they, in the way they just drop instead of resolving plot lines they just drop them and it drove me nuts well i think that there, there's people that liked the show early on and they liked it because there was a mix of getting to know these people and also seeing what they did in the ring and seeing the shows, I think they're yeah. going to be disappointed in this season because they cut down on the in-ring stuff by probably about, what, 90% of what they've done before? See, I, I always enjoyed more the character stuff yeah. than I did the actual wrestling stuff. Like, yeah, it's interesting to see how a wrestling promotion like this one got built and how do actresses with well, – with, all but one of them have no wrestling background and they have to learn how to do all this stuff and how you kind of rise in popularity and how you have to keep the show going. But at the same time, I thought the stuff with Ruth and Debbie was more interesting. Everything with Mark Marin is more interesting. Oh than yeah. Anything that's happened in the ring in any of the seasons. So the fact that you had more of that this season, I'm fine with. I just wish it had a better way of handling its subplots then because in the first season they just went oh here's a subplot let's push it off because we know we're getting a season two and in season two they said hey let's resolve some of this stuff cool awesome season three it's up drop it they went deep with some of the things that they covered on this from the standpoint that you've got this um father-daughter relationship when you're talking about mark maron's character you know with his daughter and everything they went really super deep on that uh they went really deep on uh gay bashing or understanding when somebody is gay and getting used to that relationship when it's something that maybe you're not used to because you didn't have any gay people in your life before so i mean there was a couple of things that they really did deep dives on i was like whoa i didn't see that necessarily happening so how did you feel so i felt something was off about that storyline in particular because it felt like we were we keep getting told that we need to root for the other person when I would look at the other person and go, actually, you're kind of being terrible right now. I'll give an example. So Yolanda's character is, you know, has we know she's been a lesbian since season two. She, you know, she she was out and proud when the whole thing started. And then her romance, her love interest um Arthy. Yeah. Uh, is kind of not sure what her identity is. Like 
she thinks she's a lesbian, but she's not entirely comfortable with everything that comes with that. She's, she's still trying to discover herself. And like everybody, you're, you're supposed to be allowed to do that at your own pace, you know? But with Yolanda, it was just like, oh, you're not the kind of lesbian I want you to be. So screw you. And we're supposed to make, and we're, and the show positions it like we're supposed to side with her. Because at the, because, and then it gets to the scene, by the way, the drag queen in this season stole the freaking show. Oh, like I want Bobby to, I want Bobby to have his own show. I want this to be a, a, a surprise, like, pilot that was like getting pilot. that was like a bomb dropping on the show like where has this person been the entire time shows up middle of the season most entertaining thing about it I don't without think it, question wouldn't he show like episode eight seven or eight it was late well, he well he comes in like in four was because it? he's up on stage singing uh oh, to she you're right you're right who, by the way also great arc this season because that was one that actually got a resolution love that but back to yolanda so we get to the scene where a bunch of gay bashers show up and they set the, the club on fire and they're, they're writing all these horrible slurs on the sides of buildings. And then she comes out the next episode and everyone's still kind of shook up from it, but she's kind of looking at them like, you're not allowed to be shook up from this. None of you are gay. <laughs> you weren't being attacked. And I'm just like, eh, if the building burned down, they wouldn't have cared whether they were gay or not. So... I, you don't. You don't get to. You don't get to say you don't get to be. Sh- you know, offended by what happened just because you're not on my team. Right. I mean, that felt that to me. That just felt wrong. I I've always enjoyed this show, but I haven't been like a, a massive fan of it. I've always thought it was good, and there's other people that really really love the show, and I and I get why. So to me. It didn't really take that big of a step back, but I think you're making a lot of good points about it and just some of the things that they did, you know. And like I said, I'm surprised some of the directions they went in. We know there's going to be another season. They left it wide open to what they're going to be doing next. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was two more seasons. At the same time, though, Netflix is starting to get the reputation of putting stuff on the chopping block after a couple of seasons, regardless of where it is. Like, We'll talk about Mindhunter here in a second, but Fincher says he wants us to be a five-season thing. There's no guarantee of that at all. The, like, well, I or, think the only guarantee about that one, or why I think that one would have a better chance of lasting, is simply because somebody like David Fincher is attached to it, and that's a prestige project. You know, with Glow, okay, who is the audience for Glow? And I don't even know how big their audience is. Now, mind you, it's been nominated for Emmys. You know, there, there's been some of that, but when you talk about Mindhunter and people talk about how artistic it's shot and you've got David Fincher, this incredibly famous and talented director has attached himself to it, you know, and he did the first three episodes of the season and he was part of the first season and everything and helped develop this show. It's, it's something different when it comes to that aspect of it as well. So true. true. And I think there was more buzz. Well, do you, do you think there was more buzz for the for the new season of Mindhunter or for Glow? I think for the new season of Mindhunter because it was a show that not only people were like figuring it like people it, when Mindhunter first came out like it had a buzz but the buzz grew over time because people discovered the show. And yes. unlike Glow which comes out at a fairly consistent pace, this came out 2 years 
almost compared to last season. So there was a gap. There was a sizable gap of time there. On top of that, you had Son of Sam, Charlie Manson, and not just Charlie Manson, but the guy who was just playing him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Charles Manson. And you had Tex, who was part of the Manson family. And we've still got BTK, and like they, they're they're ramping up the prestige of these kill and the Atlanta murders, which like that that is ripped from the, the headlines of these killers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I watched Mindhunter. It dropped last Friday. What, it, before it, we get to Mindhunter, yeah. can we say what what's your rating for Glow this season? Hmm, like on a scale of up to ten, one to five, one to five. One to five. Three and a half. Okay. Who's the MVP? Mark Maron. Like, who had the best? Okay. For me, it's between Mark Mellon and Gail Rankin as she. Mark Maron, not thought- Mellon. <laughs> Mark- Did I say Mellon? Mark Maron, yeah. Mar- Maron has just so much great stuff this season. His relationship with Ruth, the heart attack, his-, his relationship with his daughter, and her getting a movie to come out, and he gets to direct it. And all that comes, even though he's basically taken out of the show halfway through. We're seeing a softer side of him, like he's he's actually maturing now in his fifties. However old yeah. he's supposed to be, so he, he's in his fifties. He he looks like he could be in his seventies, and he's still and trying he, to uh, fall in love with somebody in their thirties. Yeah. So Who, uh, and and it's not it's not like a it, it feels legitimate. It's not like a, oh I just want to get in her pants. Oh yeah, exactly. I think he's past that stage in his life. He, like he says, he doesn't go to Vegas now for the hookers and the blow. You know that was part of his yeah. past. So, yeah, uh, I, I think Marin is still, or if not Marin, I'd say um, Debbie. She gets a lot to do this season. I just, I just, I hated her ending. I really hated just, her. She ending. is like, I'm just going to screw over my boyfriend. And and. and, and based off of a conversation that was directly countered by something he did the previous episode, because the previous episode is the club show. And she thinks, Oh, he's too old fashioned and closed minded. He's not going to like this. Then he shows up. He's like, no, I'm perfectly fine with this. This is great. Yeah, exactly. And then the next episode, it's like, Oh, you don't see women as, you know, as respectful enough, you know, business people. And it's like, based off of one really short conversation, you got that after dating him for six months. Yeah. Where there was no other red flags about him at all. She's not going to be living the high life anymore though. I mean, she was hanging out like in his private ranch and everything. And that she has flushed that down the toilet very quickly. I really didn't get the vibe that he deserved that. No, he seemed like a good dude. I know he said like, I can be ruthless in business, but you never saw that side of him. Huh. And he was always like, he, he was patient with her. Like he, and he asks her out while her baby is just screaming bloody murder in her arms. I might have to downgrade my rating already. Maybe I have to go down to a three already. <laughs> yeah. So remember, yeah, for remember me, all it's, these it's Mark or Gail Rankin because the whole of her shedding her she wolf persona and wanting to start becoming an actress Easily the best stuff of the season. And she's proving that she's a better actress than Allison Bree's character, who is like this trained yeah. actress that's, you know, she's proving that like, oh, I'm better than you. And she's barely been doing it. 
Also, shout out to Brittany Young. I love your character, and I love the direction it's going, because now she wants to be an actual wrestler with Carlito. Oh. Who is still in the show, That is, and that is just so weird to me. Yes. I know. He, he was on there for another episode. That was, I think that was the only... Was he the only professional wrestler we saw this year, like established one? Yeah, I don't think that the cameos were as I don't think she, like Chavo time. wasn't on there and Yeah, I think it was only Carlito. Uh, he he was last season. Yeah, it like the referen- the wrestling references were cut down this season. Like I was oh, gonna man. do a, a whole like long slideshow of references and then about three episodes in I'm like, they're not saying anything. Yeah, so nothing. Uh, let's talk about Mindhunter for just a couple of minutes then, because a, mu- a much uh, happier show. Yes. Well, and by, uh, this is, this show's like right up my alley. If you, uh, put a show out there with serial killers, count me in. I've got it. Okay. Uh, so I've been looking forward to Mindhunter for a while and it came out on a Friday on Netflix. Um, I think I had the nine episodes finished like early Saturday morning because I, I had time on Friday and I was just binging it like crazy. In fact, I don't like to look ahead because I was curious to see how many episodes there were, but I want to look ahead and see those descriptions. So I got done watching the ninth episode and they did this wrap up and then that was it. And I was just like, I feel like I've been cheated out of an episode. Where's my 10th episode of mine under, but they only went, only went nine episodes, but um, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating season with some of the things it, they do. It's definitely different than what was done in season one. Like the first episode feels a lot. If it's a catch up episode and it, it picks up where like the cliffhanger of last season being Holden is kind of losing it to the point where he's having a panic attack after Ed Kemper hugs him. And you think, Oh, you know, we're going to go down that road again. Cause he has the panic attack in the, the first episode never brought up again. like, Oh, it got, it got brought Tench, up when he Tench. was having, remember when he got confronted by the guy that was his boss of the FBI right. and, you, and he no, starts having a panic. That, that was the end of the first episode. Then it's never an issue. Like tension. Wendy keep talking to each other. Like we got to watch it. Like they're like two concerned parents. They're like, we got to watch out for him. It might go off the handle. It never happens. But, even though he gets into some really stressful situations. Yeah. How about the way they even started the show? Because if you've never watched Mindhunter before, what, one of the things that they have done and most of the episodes, not all, but most of them, they do the first minute or two is shots of the BTK killer who terrorized Kansas City, Wichita area for. Uh, so it was it was Wichita, yep. uh, Park City, which is just outside of there. Yeah. And so here's the creepy thing about that that show. So my mom was growing up during the time of the BTK murders. Mm-hmm. Um, thank thank God, never was targeted or anything like that. Um, and, but it's always weird to me cause I still have family that lives there in both Wichita and park city. And so whenever it flashes park city, Kansas, Wichita, Kansas or Wichita state university where my dad went to college, I'm just like, ah, this is creepy. So at the very last episode, last scene, it cuts to junction city, Kansas, which is nowhere near Wichita, but it's where my dad grew up. Brian, the show is stalking me and my family. It's incredible. If the next season says Overland Park, Kansas, I'm going to go after David Fincher and be like, <laughs> what do you want? Well, when they started the the first episode with the BTK killer uh, performing something. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes. That's the term. Also. And he gets interrupted by his wife. It's just like, whoa, dude. Um, 
But yeah, that I I think it's brilliant the way that they do like that little side story, like following BTK and that going on, and then following Ford and Tench as they're going on and they're establishing you know, the behavioral science unit more and, and, and Tench's son is probably a serial killer. Like, right. I mean, there's so many different side stories that they go on this because they go out, like you mentioned, they, they interview son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and they actually tell him like, Hey man, this whole crap about the dog made you do it. You're full of it. And he was like, yeah, I'm full and he, of it. Admit, he admits it. And that, so the, the scene, so I thought this season was a lot drier almost deliberately so it is but the scenes where they're sitting one-on-one with the serial killers remain the outright best parts of the show fast son of sam interview we'll get to the manson interview the tex interview the ones that uh wendy does with greg who sucks he just sucks like every time he's on screen i'm like greg you suck you don't like greg no because he ratted out on him in the first season and then he's like, you know what? Well, though Greg I, has got I some wanna, great insight that no, you never I, would have thought before. I want to, I want to try and interview these people. I think I can. And then he just bombs. <laughs> well, the funny epically. thing you've got, you've got Holden Ford who's out there, and he's like so fascinated by all these serial killers and getting to know them more and study them and everything. And when you get him though in front of, you know, all these other people in the FBI and the people that he needs to kind of impress so they can get more money and they continue with their study and do all those things like he gets in front of these people and he bores them to death and then tench gets in front of them and he's like telling all war stories like hey who was here about ad kemper yeah hey yeah we were in front of manson what a crazy son of a bitch that was you know and uh you know so you've got this juxtaposition of these two guys um you know and tench when he's when they're interviewing Manson and Tench gets so mad at him, he's just like, I'm going to get out of here. This guy's full of crap. You know, he's, he's breeding us this, that, and the other. The- because, he, Cause he's seeing the, the connections of how Manson was able to seduce these kids compared to how easily it was for his own son to just go along with these atrocities. These other kids were doing right. Because part of the story is his son, who's an adopted son, but I think him and his wife adopted their son mm-hmm. when the kid was like two years old, but they've had him for a while. Now he's, I don't know how old is the kid supposed to be like eight, nine, something like that. But anyway, he's he, at one point, apparently he made friends with some older kids. They were playing with a toddler and something happened. The older kids apparently killed the kid by accident. They believe but yet, um, there's so oh, we should have thrown a we should have thrown a spoiler warning on this. Uh, well, yeah. well, everybody, hey, spoiler, everybody. You've you've had your weekend. Sure. So anyway, so there's some Brian. After this kid's dead, they conv- he convinces all the other kids to take the the dead toddler into an empty house that his mom is trying to sell because she's a real estate agent and put him on a cross because they believe maybe it can bring him back to life. And then later you find all these eerie comparisons as like at one point he gets out of the house and he's like staring at another kid on the swing and all these different things. And you're starting to see like the comparisons, like is this kid on the path to be like a Charles Manson? And meanwhile, Tess is going through this in his life, you know, as well. And he's starting to see it as well. And he can't spend as much time with his son as he wants because he's working on this case in Atlanta and he's trying to find a serial killer. Yeah, I, I Tench's story is great. 
I feel like the ending is a result of I Fincher really hates relationships. <laughs> like if you look at all of his movie, he despises them. If they're healthy, someone gets murdered. If they're unhealthy, it is catastrophic. Like someone hurt this man at some point. Like I don't I don't know what I don't know what his background is or what his deal is, but he despises relationships. But there's so last season with Holden, this season where his wife just up and outs. Wendy is like, eh, screw you, girlfriend. The moment like there's any sign of trouble with how she acts around her ex-husband, which in all honesty was pretty harmless. Like it felt like she was really just looking for a reason to get out of it. Yeah. Like five five minutes ago, you're like not even five minutes ago, you're talking about moving in with her and you want her to be there. And then she raises the tone of her voice when she's around her ex-husband and, you know, doesn't want to freak him out when she's like, oh, by the way, I'm about to move in with my lover. Like, the conversation wasn't, like, too tragic, but she's just like, gasp, I must leave now and forever. Like, I know. Really? She, well, I think here, here's what I would say about that is I think she did that because in your professional life, she wants to be wanted. She wants to be recognized. I'm a scholar. I'm smart. I'm an addition to this. But yet, she had to stay at Quantico. And she did not get to go to Atlanta with Ford and Tench. So she's not being appreciated for her work because the new person that's in charge of that division says, no, we want to use your expertise here. We believe your val- value is here. So she feels like she's not appreciated enough. And then she gets in this relationship and she doesn't feel like she's appreciated enough because she overhears her lover talking to her ex saying, oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, there's, uh, I have a friend. And oh, no, she doesn't mean that much or, you know, it's no no big deal. And all these things that she's just trying to, you know, get her ex to go, you know, and everything. And yeah. so she doesn't like that and she gets turned off. So her professional life and her personal life are kind of crossing over in that manner. But now this, this show's just... It's just so deep on so many different levels. And like you said, it moves slow. It's a plotting show, but everything has a lot of meaning and they take it into a lot of deep directions, especially when you're talking about like Atlanta, because Atlanta is trying to, at this time in the seventies or early eighties, whenever it is, is that 1980? Yeah. I mean, they're trying to, you know, improve as a city and be, you know, more of a, a melting pot of culture. They're trying to not just be part of the, the old deep South. They, you know, they're in the middle the, of building the, the airports getting expanded yeah, the, to what the, building the monstrosity the big, it is now. Yeah. The biggest airport in the world to, you know, now we've got a black mayor and mind you, all these black kids are missing, you know, at this time. Yeah. And there's a, there's a thing about gentrification. There's a thing about, you know, racial equality. And, um, you know, at one point they're trying to figure out like, who could have done this? Who could have taken all these kids? And they make this point of, they have a, a black cop who convinces a kid to get in the car with them very easily goes into a black neighborhood and easily convinces a black kid to get in the car with them. And then your buddy, Greg, who's white tries to do the same thing by going to playground and everybody knows there's a white guy out here and he does not belong. And do you know why they said he didn't belong? Because he sucks because he's (laughs) great. But so the Atlanta thing, like the, the, the description I, I got from this season, I think the watch said it was the whole thing is very porous. There's a lot of holes in this entire thing with the BSU because they're not working from a rubric. They're building the rubric. They're building 
the ideas and policies and routines that are going to be used down the line. Like they're learning as they go and they're trying to put all this stuff into practice while still acknowledging that these are, these aren't like tenable things. Like you can't just say a equals B if a plus B equals C, you know, and go through a mathematical equation. It doesn't work that way. Right. There's holes in all these things that you have to consider. And they run into that so much with the Atlanta case because from the very beginning, Holden's like, I've got a profile. It's got to be a, a, a black. It has to be a black male. It can't be a white male. It has to be a black male, you know, at a certain age, drives a certain car, lives with their parents, can't hold a job, bad at relationships. Like he builds his profile. And no matter how much information comes in, he never, you know, veers from it right and then everybody else is convinced like no it has to be somebody that's white because they're killing black kids and uh it's got to be the kkk you know why are we looking into them more and so the public has got their own opinion and he's just like no i've done the profile and i'm the expert he never acknowledged and i think it 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 almost makes him feel come off as robotic because he never like so many people come up to him and just go like look you've got to have race somewhere in this equation because you're not you don't you just the idea of it being the kkk is never considered right because he thinks so little of them but kkk people have the you know in this situation you know want to be would kill these black children if they could right but the public and and the other cops just don't understand the level of profiling that he has they just do not understand it the way that he understands it and that's why he never veers from us going hey this has got to be it even tench gets mad at him at some point going you have to consider that somebody white and he's like no 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 i'm telling you it's somebody's black this is my profile and come to find out he's right but he doesn't get the win right he doesn't get to book the guy the local cops get to do it off of a decision that was made that he was nowhere near. And the guy and Wayne Williams doesn't get booked for all of the other children's murders. He just gets booked for the two adult murders. And you know what is crazy so, about that? Cause I, I didn't know anything about this case and the way they end the show is just a black screen, white letters. And they explain like, even after all of these years, cause this was a real case. That guy got convicted for those two murders the the cases of all the kids and it was over 20 kids that went missing and mo- they found most of the bodies for these kids i think a couple of them yeah. are still missing that those are still considered unsolved crimes to this day which is nuts so it and it makes the whole it, it it's a victory in that we got a killer off the street but it's a hollow victory yes absolutely and it's and the, the the very slow and deliberate and frustrating pace those last few episodes go on gets you into that vibe of just how frustrating this case was and how hollow the victory felt. I know we we're kind of all over the place talking about that show, but just general thoughts, you know, you know, you, you gave a rating to, to glow. Did, did you like um, this season? Did you not? Yeah, I would go... I go three point seven five out of five. Ooh. I can't. I can't give it a four. There were some stuff that there was some stuff that frustrated me. There's some amazing stuff in this episode five. I think is the Manson and Tex inter five and six are the Manson and Tex interviews. That feels like a continuation of what you and I raved about earlier this year. Once upon a time, like it feels like the the sequel to that movie we're never gonna get. Absolutely, it did. Uh, I I would. 
I'd give it at least a four. If not, I might go as high as four or five because I'm, I just love this stuff. I eat it up. And like I said, they move slow, but everything has meaning. Everything has thought the, the, the stuff with um, not just Manson, the stuff with uh, Berkowitz, son of Sam, that was incredible. I want that I, guy to get his. I want that guy to be on a show, dude. That actor looks so much like him as well. It was nuts. And you know what? For a second there, when you're talking about Manson, and we knew it was the same actor that played him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they made him look older. He was older Manson. And mm-hmm. for a minute there, I didn't think it was the same actor. I was like, wait a second. That doesn't look like the same guy. It's the same guy. They just made him look yeah. older. They 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 put that uh, that filter on him that everybody was using for their pictures. Um, Got it. Albert Jones as Jim Barney was a good addition. I liked how he integrated into the system. Yes. Uh, the black guy, worked, the black uh, agent working down in Atlanta. It right. was great. Um, I can't wait to see that. I, I hope that the, the break between... Uh, the next season isn't as long as what we just had to wait to get season two. I still don't know what we're doing with the BTK stuff because we know from history that this doesn't get solved until 2005. Now, if the plan is to jump forward at some point and dive into that investigation based off of things that Holden and Tench learned, great. But if it's all just there to, to bookmark and it comes to no re- resolution, that's going to be annoying. I don't know if it's going to go that far, but I think what they could do is they can say, uh, because of the work that they've done with that unit, they've been able to prove profiles and catch serial killers, and they could wrap it up by saying they caught BTK killer because it did take so long. I I don't think that I don't know if the show would go all the way to the year two thousand. I can see it going to maybe the nineties. Maybe they will. I mean, as long as it doesn't feel like it's out of you know, out of context or they're, they're pulling it out too far in the way they're doing it because, Hey, if Fincher gets his wish, they've got three more seasons to go. And that would be, I don't think they want to cover another 25 years in three seasons. And one last thing I will say, love seeing Cameron Britton as Ed Kemper again. His presence is still amazing. And I will stay on the soapbox until I die. That man needs to play Andre the giant. <laughs> I want to see more of him. He is six foot five. Go watch Umbrella Academy. He's in that too, and he's great. He's six foot five. He's got a soft spoken presence and a lot of acting range. Make this man Andre. He, I gotta see more of that guy. I mean, we we barely got him this past year, and it, he was so jealous that they're going to see Manson. He was just like, oh, you know, uh, oh, you want to see I, me? He's like, oh, we're here to see Manson. Oh, okay. I, I I love that interaction where it's like it's it's I love. The parts where they're talking to killers like Son of Sam being like, wait, there's another guy like me? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're it's, like it's so pranced. interesting how these killers think about these other killers and how little Ed Kemper and supposedly the other people in the prison think about Manson. They think so little of him. That's and because they think he's talking- a pansy because he's not the guy that actually did the killing. He's just the guy that convinced other people to do it. And he's, he's this little guy. He's got a Napoleon complex. He's talking all this big game, but so little of it is actually legitimate. Like the glasses bit where he's like, yeah. he asks for the glasses, then claims he got them off just so he can get thrown in the hole to make himself look tougher and more cunning. Well, look at the way he even uh, came into the uh, the area to talk with them. And from the standpoint that he made them wait, he walks in there and the guard has to hold the door and he walks in like he's the king of the place. He even sits on the top of his chair just so... 
he can sit above both of them and look like he's at a higher position, you know, a place of authority, you know, talking down yeah. to them. And he goes on, he, says, he starts ranting about life and what he believes. I didn't make them do anything. They had it in them. I just unleashed it, you know, and it's nuts. It, it's, it's really the, the acting on the show and the, the way that they shoot the show is, is incredible. But we have gone way too long. So I will leave it at that. Yes. Um, uh, We'll see what TV we talk about next week, if there is any TV. Maybe there'll be um, some other things we can talk about, non-wrestling, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of other wrestling things to talk about. Maybe we even know a couple of matches for Clash of Champions by then. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see who advances in the King of the Ring, and uh, we will be getting ready for AEW's All Out at that point, because uh, next week's show will be the, uh, the, the go-home podcast for us before All Out. And uh, we're both going to be in Chicago for that as well. Yeah, how, so how about that? We'll both be in Chicago. I'm sure at some point uh, we'll probably get some pizza together up there. So uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whatever uh, on your iOS device or your Android. Please rate and review us. And also please um, follow us on social media. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Casey underscore CB. You can follow me at Brian Fritz. You can check uh, out the uh, podcast at Between the Ropes, and you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes as well. Make sure you head over to comicbook.com to see all of Connor's fine work and the wrestling coverage there. You can follow my online work over at Sporting News as well. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week here on the podcast. <laughs>